What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every Monday on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, we're Michael and Marshall Fay, and in this episode, we're going to challenge the stigma of animal activism. And to help us with this topic, we've brought on our friends and local activists, Bronwyn and Chris, from the Anti-Speciesist Collective. Despite being relatively new to activism, this couple have been prolific in their activity and have quickly gained valuable experience. We thought that their level of experience was perfect to pick apart for those of you interested in getting involved in animal activism, because it's still so fresh in their minds. In this episode specifically, we get to know the couple's vegan origin story. Of course, we have to do that. The importance of looking beyond your consumption habits as a vegan, their first experience participating in activism despite being introverts. We also debunk the myth of militant vegan activists, how much time is involved in being an activist, and finally, they share some personal benefits of being active in their local community. Please excuse the quality of the audio as we had four adults sharing two microphones in our basement. So the sound isn't as crispy as it normally is, although the volume should be okay. And lastly, we make a few references to some really local examples here in Canberra, Australia. This doesn't mean that the content is not relevant to wherever you are in the world. In fact, I think it makes Chris and Bronwyn's experience more tangible as you're getting specific insights to the type of action they've taken for the animals. Anyway, that's enough of an intro. Let's get straight into it. So welcome to our podcast, guys. Oh, thank you for having, for having us. us. Yeah, um, we're really excited to have you guys here because we want to talk about a topic that I think a lot of people are scared to talk about or don't really know how to get into activism. Yep. Um, and this is something we've discussed with you guys before. So, And that's how we came about to the fact that we wanted to talk on air about it because I feel like what Michael and I, how we feel about it, a lot of people can relate to it. And we'd love to hear your side of the story and how you encourage others and um, make them feel comfortable in in getting into it. So welcome. And um, yeah, so why don't you both tell us a little bit about how you got into veganism and how it all started for you? Um, yeah, uh, so I was vegetarian as a teenager, but I wasn't like one of those oh, I really know everything. It was like, I was kind of part of like a music scene where everyone was vegetarian. I wasn't like overly critical. Um, Then I met Chris and I was like, oh, you should go vegetarian. And he was like, oh, okay. Um, Oh, you weren't, actually, maybe you weren't that resistant, but but it was like, we weren't that critical about it. And then we're living at home and kind of just like, you know, we're like, oh, but this is hard. I just want to be normal. And then we like went, we went on holidays actually. And like, just kind of all crystallized. And I was like, oh, I really can't participate in the system anymore like being convenient for other people is not like a good reason to do things i know are bad so was there something that triggered that yeah where you would just had the realization yeah like we were in dublin and and i was i just was sitting there and i just had like this moment of like i don't like living like this Mm. i really can't support this anymore we like came back and i was like i'm phasing out animal products out of my diet like you know all that kind of stuff and it's like i kind of knew a little bit from when i was vego and then i think yeah we had been we'd had gone vegan for a year previous to that. Yeah, when we were pretty young. When we were a lot younger, but we were still living at home and it was a bit more difficult. And yeah. I just don't think we were very critical either. Yeah, I mean, we knew the ethics, but we probably didn't delve too deep or um, reiterate those things with more research or reading or anything. Or We weren't in a community of people 
Um, so it was a bit more just us two doing it, you know, on our own. Yeah. Parental support was kind of there, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but then when we moved out, I think the holiday was uh, being away from your routine a bit more. Mm. was something that probably triggered us to think a bit more critically or think outside of our usual um, day-to-day rituals. And then, yeah, when we came back, we made the switch pretty quickly. Yeah, I think you watched Cowspiracy and you were just like, and I'd already been like, well, I'm phasing it out. You can do whatever. Yeah. And then you were like, no, we have to be vegan. Like, this is it. Yeah, yeah. And it was so, like, so you did it together? Yeah. Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. It's not, it's actually really rare. Obviously, we have a similar story yeah. of doing it together, but that's like a superpower in itself. Yeah. To, to have your spouse embark on that journey with you. Oh, it's so good. Though. And I'm wondering, did you guys, because you were vegan before temporarily, was it like... Did you, th- in the back of your minds, did you some, did you think that you would become vegan in the end? Was yeah. this a matter of when? I think so. And I think like when we weren't for that, like what, couple of years, it was like, we had to work really hard to be like, oh no, this is fine. I'm fine. Like I, I that stuff doesn't bother me. And then, yeah, I think just being away from a routine and being like, it's actually eating away at me. I can't live like that. And yeah. the only reason either of us are doing it is because we don't want to be inconvenient to other people. And, and it's probably you go on with your day-to-day lives and, you know, it's in the back of your mind, but, but you kind yeah. of don't have the time or the capacity to, when you're on holidays, you've got more capacity yeah. to yeah. actually think about things. That's true. Yeah. 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 yeah holidays are good yeah. reflection, reflecting time. Yeah. 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 And you learn more about yourself, I think, when you travel. Yeah. yeah. You learn more about each other too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was, we definitely had the ethical side of things that was the reason we went vegan yeah years ago for the for a year you sure. know it was it was driven by ethics yeah um, just, and so that was always in the background i think we just needed a little nudge or we needed probably to say it out loud to each other and then follow through a bit more yeah yeah, yeah. and i think that's part of it like it like i don't know how else to describe it but it just like kind of crystallized of like this wasn't just like a oh it's a thing you do it was like we have to do it and there's no coming back from it like you mm. can't yeah like i you could like I knew I couldn't live with myself if I didn't do it. Yeah. Kind of thing that it was and yeah. we're initially we we're like, oh you know, but we won't be too extreme about it. Like if someone offers it, because we're both a little bit like we both kind of grew up where you don't really say no if someone's like offering you stuff. Yeah. And so that was like a big part of why we're like, oh you know, we don't want to be difficult. And we're like, oh you know, if someone offers us we won't be and then I think probably within a few weeks we're like, nope. Stop <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah. not gonna do this for other people's like yeah. convenience or whatever. Yeah. That's a big deal yeah feeling that you're kind of you know people pleasers to like mm. actually know yeah that's yeah. a that's a, a massive shift and it takes a lot of courage to sort of go through that transition and we're like kind of talking because i mean like we're both like you know really into punk music when we we're teenagers so we're like we know what it's like to not be people pleasers but we both in our early 20s i think like being at uni starting to work full time we're just like oh but it's so easy to just fall into routines and not right. not be difficult yeah and not be in any way like rebellious quote unquote gotcha yeah. and then just being on holidays and being like why are we why are we doing that that's not yeah. what we believe yeah. in yeah we internalized you know you realize you're internalizing like a mainstream narrative or yeah. a different narrative that you probably don't actually believe or it's not something that you think yeah yeah um and then going back to those core beliefs yeah and trying to live them out yep I'm I'm really curious about how you went from, you know, be- mm. becoming vegan together yeah. Yeah. to <laughs> then starting basically a, a movement, yeah. um, you know, around anti-speciesism. Yeah. Um, 
that's that's a big jump. You yeah. know, it's one thing to sort of look at your behavior and how you consume things to actually proactively uh, yeah. driving a cause. So could you explain a little bit about that journey and why you started this project uh, and what your vision was for it? Yeah, so my background's in graphic design and communication. So I think what I saw a lot with doing more reading around um, you know, animal rights things, different philosophies, different information sources, trying to find information, I found that was just a bit difficult or um, maybe saw room for improvement. Um, yeah. And so one of our initial projects that started the whole thing was this factivism idea. So it was, um, I thought I could use my skill set to redesign um, key information within the movement that might uh, encourage others to, um, yep. you know, just little succinct sound bites almost. And um, so I started trying to graphic design, trying to use design to do those things and my communication background. Um, and then it just grew from there really. I think we heard about the kangaroo cull. Yeah, that's what like that what that was what made us like be active. Yeah, it's about a year ago now. Uh -huh. But yeah, I mean, we were both like, oh, you know, we'll we'll do like easily shareable facts for people because there's a lot of like people share a lot of weird misinformation as well. We're like, yeah. well, you know, super factual, well researched things that people can use rather than having to type out the same comment every. Every time you see someone saying, oh, yes. you need meat, oh, but you're carnivores or whatever. Sure. Being like, here's the research. Here's something easily shareable. Here's the reference. Here's something that people can share and use and all that. And I was like, well, I really like writing. I'll write a lot of articles. Um, and we're both, like, we're both fairly introverted. And we're like, we don't want to go out and do protests or anything like that. And it was like a big, like, we're like oh, you know, we'll, we'll write. That'll be our thing. And Yeah. And Brahman's got a background in science and data analysis so we thought with our powers combined we could yeah you know <laughs> utilize those forces good combination yeah yeah so <laughs> design and writing yeah 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 so we thought that um yeah like we'd sit behind the scenes a bit more maybe um put these things out but we never thought that we'd really be out on the front line if you yeah. will yeah. whoa that's a really okay yeah all right, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Marsha, but um i think uh, that's <laughs> there's a few really interesting things there because you know we loosely talk about this idea of approachable activism yeah. you know and you know you can do a lot of that sitting behind a computer yeah. like what you guys are doing yeah kind of like what we're doing yeah um and and that's like writing content you know trying to be a bit more relatable inspirational yeah. Yeah. um and you you're right you don't need that direct confrontation or conflict yeah to be um, activist, no. yeah but for but you we, guys we to start it. off <laughs> using your skills in that way made a lot of sense yeah so uh, um Wow, that journey to go from like progressively like okay, I want to be active, yep, use my skills, to then going against your human nature as introverts, yeah, <laughs> out in public mm -hmm. and being properly active, yeah. Um, I, I need to unpack that, yeah. like what that journey looks like, and I'm think you guys were, were going down that path, yeah, yeah. So I think after that, so we the kangaroo call got announced. Um, oh, that was I, a, that was a wild three days as well. Yeah, so within three days, we launched a website, um, like a wrote content for flyers. We pretty much launched a campaign. Actually, before you do days. that, could you just shed some light on what the Kangaroo Car was about for those who yeah. might not know about it? So every year for the last 11 years now, the ACT government shoots kangaroos on the nature, on the nature reserves. Um, and they sort of say this under the guise of, oh, it's for biodiversity and conservation reasons. You know, they're starving or they're impacting other species, um, which... Is a lot of nonsense, but 
we won't go too much into that because sure. there's a whole separate rant. But um, they really rely on this idea of like, oh, you know, we've got this really good scientific basis for it. Like, we don't like doing it, but we have to. But then when mm. you actually look at it, you realize it's all canned science. It's really poor methodology. You can see that it's been developed to justify what they're doing mm. and research that doesn't agree. They've buried and it's only become available through FOIs and stuff like that. Um, but they've removed every legal channel for activists to oppose them in court or anything like that and they've massively increased fines for people who go and do direct action so it's like nine thousand dollars for a trespass fine plus all these other things like six months jail all this kind of stuff and so they've just made it to the point where there is no way to oppose it and it relies entirely on what the public think and they've done like these canned surveys where they say oh 85 percent of canberrans support it and then you look at the survey and the way the survey is set up it's do you support killing kangaroos to help with biodiversity? Like it's a question that no one's going to say or very few people are going to say no to because they're like, oh, but they've already established that it's necessary. Of course, yeah. I agree if it's necessary. They're not saying, do mm. you agree with killing sentient beings? It's mm. So they've used a lot of very um, underhanded, really poor tactics and the whole kangaroo management plan is based on an unpublished, unpublished PhD that was paid for in part by the ACD government. Like, it's terrible. I read through the whole thing and that's like a couple of hours that I'm never going to get back. But so they do this. There's no way to oppose them. We heard like the cull got announced and within three days, yeah, we were like, we were just both furious. We are like, how can they keep doing this? So how many kangaroos do they, do they have a specific number? This year they're going to kill 4,000. The year that we started, the, the media was talking about it was 1,000 more than the previous year. And that's kind of what kicked me into gear. Um, one of my colleagues at work. It was trending up. Yeah. Yeah. Every so the number just increased. kept getting bigger and bigger. And right. I think at the time in our office, there was a, um, a girl who was caring for kangaroos. So we had joeys in our office Aww. most mornings. And then you see this news of 1,000 more kangaroos and you can see two individuals who you've become close with um, every day. And that just kicked me into gear. Mm. And then we pretty much, yeah, I got home, bought a domain name. And just built a website straight away. And we got in, that was kind of our initial phase of getting in touch with the Canberra community more broadly. Yeah. So through that campaign itself, we, we got in touch with Animal Liberation. We tried to reach out to as many people as possible just to see who was doing what. Um, how we could help. How we could help. You know, did we have information that they were already talking about? So through that process, that was kind of what kicked us into gear in terms of getting in touch with other people and um, to the broader community yeah. and through that we yeah we met a few people um we went to like a like probably our first physical protest which was the kangaroo protest yeah we like, went to the first one yeah um, we i went mean to i was shaking because well. i like don't i was like terrified of the exactly idea the same. and yeah. it's like and because it's on it's on northbourne like you don't even talk to anyone but i was like oh i'm so scared like, so northbourne's one of the main streets um, in canberra that yeah. goes through well the the, in the city yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but before we move on from the kangaroos, yeah, I just wanted because we watched the movie, the documentary. I yeah. think a love hate, yeah, um, story. Yep. Yep, that's yep. based on kangaroos in Australia, and we were shocked at the premiere. There was maybe five people yeah. in Canberra. I mean, we know um, one of our friends actually worked on it. Um, she lives in Sydney, and she was saying that you know did really well all over Australia, but we didn't realize that kangaroos can't actually be farmed yeah yep. and so 
do they use this as an excuse because you see it in the supermarket on the shelf do they use it as an excuse as a profit making situation where they cull the kangaroos but they actually use it for meat so is that what happens with the cull it's a bit unclear in the act officially their stance is that no they just bury all the bodies and they use some of the bodies for bait to kill wild dogs and foxes and right. or stuff. for other research purposes. Or, or for other research purposes yeah so but um mm. so officially but the it's all a bit unclear about one why it's happening because the research doesn't support it mm. i mean i think we probably know that it's largely to do with land sales and all that kind of stuff but um yeah, there's been a lot of questions about, well, are they actually using all, like, are they actually burying them all? There's been a few burial pits found and, like, uncovered. There's a few that they're going to have to um, excavate and decontaminate because they want to build suburbs where they've built the, where they've oh, put wow. the bodies. So I don't think they're using them for a commercial yeah, purpose. Four thousand, like, you'd have to dig up a lot yeah. to yeah. bury that many. Yep. If they can find that many kangaroos and shoot that many kangaroos. That's insane. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's just basically that was a point where we're like, both of us don't like going out. We're not really like we're not extroverts in the slice. I don't like the idea of having public scrutiny. But I was like, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna go out and scream about this because this is so unjust. Mm. I'm curious. You know, on the other side, yeah. Um, have you been on the receiving end of any activism in your lives? No. I don't. I don't think so. I I can't. Uh, I don't actually think I have. Like, I don't think I've ever walked past and had someone yell at me being like, save this or do this. Like, I've had, like, you know, charity muggers be like, please give money. Yes. Can I have your credit card? And being like, I don't have one. But um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't think I've ever had, like, like, I don't think I've ever had, especially not uh, like an animal rights activist. I don't think I've ever, ever. Yeah. So you haven't. So that's interesting. You haven't been on the receiving end. No. You mentioned that you're pretty nervous going in. I'd love to know like what the initial conversations were like yeah. with these parties yeah. to get involved. Because there's probably people listening to this who maybe want to get involved, yeah. but are terrified and probably felt the same way as you. Yeah. Uh, I'd be curious to see like who you communicated, how yeah. you came across this event, yeah. and and what some internal discussions you two had with each other yeah. before attending the event and making the decision to go go ahead and do it yeah so we just before all of this had happened um we went to the cruelty free shop quite frequently um and there's a lovely lady there who was like you guys should come to some protests like they're nice like it like it does make you feel a little bit better going and seeing and like meeting up with other vegans and meeting up with other animal rights activists and like standing together for a cause like it's scary but it's it's something that like you do actually feel good afterwards you're like i'm really glad i did that Um. and we're like oh okay maybe i don't know and then um (laughs) we kind of just like in the three days after it got announced we just launched everything we didn't even really talk to anyone we're like right we've got a website we've got a petition we've got like a huge letter we've got like all the details of all the ministers you can contact we've got a you know template for people to send to them like just madness we have social media assets i think i went and dropped off some posters in the cruelty free shop yeah and i was chatting to one of the um people who work there who we later found out is like very embedded in the animal rights movement and um i think i was like oh i've got these posters we've got a campaign Hmm. and she just looked at me and said who are you (laughs) (laughs) so you know yeah we just we kind of did everything and we're like wait there has to be other people doing this as well so yeah we went 
to like an animal liberation like uh they're having like a bake sale the next day and we're like hi we have all these posters and flyers and stickers and this and they were like this is amazing thank you who are you like and so we kind of just like spoke to them um and then we just got chatting a little bit like we had like a really good talk just it was pretty casual but just and they're like oh look we're gonna have a protest um it'll be announced soon um we're doing this and this you know keep in touch and we're like okay cool and we're just like okay this is going somewhere this is happening we just like contacted like every local group we could just being like hi we have stuff we don't know what to do with it (laughs) can you yeah and part of that was the finding out that um a couple of the groups have like a monthly meeting so we we went to the meeting yeah you know again we were like oh do we want to go to this meeting who's going to be there is it going to be scary Mm. you know what kind of people are involved in these things we had no idea i don't think we were scared we were just kind of unsure and anxious yeah can you chris could you talk about that like what type of people going to be involved and what your honest reservations were around that yeah yeah i mean from the outside i think we probably didn't have a perception of what their personalities were like so much but maybe that they were um it could be intimidating or you know everyone would know each other and we're outsiders yeah like it was a closed off group or something like that Um, this wasn't based on any kind of fact or like anything it was like our own brains of being like we're massive introverts and it's gonna be really hard we don't like it like yeah (laughs) with with excuses yeah Yeah, like we've never met these people we don't even know who they are and we're just like oh what if it's scary what if it's this oh i don't like being committees what if everyone argues like and then we got there and we're like oh actually these are really great people Mm. yeah everyone there was nice compassionate all from different walks of life there was no kind of stereotype it was just regular people that's really good to know because i think um for any community, um, particularly a very passionate community. Um, I know my, if I was to be very honest, I'm always just like, oh, is it, at some point, does it get away from the cause? Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of assumptions to make up front. But it's like, I really don't have the energy for politics. And it's like, we're we're here for the animals, right? So is that genuine? Or is this going to be about something else? So Um, it was awesome. Like, they're just the best people. So we showed up with... A lady who's a lawyer specializing, uh, she does like, you know, free legal representation through like a legal aid for animal rights and that kind of stuff. And then we have like people who like have been in animal liberation ACT since the beginning. And like they're people who their whole thing is like for the cause, like there's not politics. It was just like, we're just like, oh, this is really good. (laughs) Yeah, I think most people, I mean, we can only speak for the Canberra community, but everyone's fairly selfless and they're you know there doesn't seem to be much um or people getting caught up in weird politics or i'm sure there's you know disagreements about things but i think at the end of the day people can put them aside yeah and we realize we're here for the same reason so excellent and it's better to be together fighting for this than to be kind of just like screaming into the abyss a little bit and being like why is nothing changing so yeah but um yeah i mean like yeah we have to overcome a lot of our own internal kind of just the way we are like yeah we're like oh we like each other's company let's not go out like yeah but i think most people as well that we realize once we got into this most people are like us yeah that they, they don't kind of do it because they like talking to people <laughs> yeah. they do it because there's an issue that they're passionate about mm. yeah. so it's not like they're going out because they you know they like to have their face in front of a camera or do anything like that i think most people in the animal rights movement would rather not yeah but they're just you know, they kind of feel it like they have to. Yeah. 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 They're pulled towards it. Yeah. No one's pushing them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So from there, when was your first sort of activist? Did you do them with other people first or did you organise your own first? So the first, we went to the kangaroo cult protest, which yep. was our first kind of uh, involvement in something that was, it was still fairly uh, non-interactive with the public. Mm-hmm. Um, but quickly after that, Vegan ACT had all was involved with that campaign. So, so um, it was during peak hour traffic and we just stood on the side of the road on Northbourne as people on a Friday evening as people were coming through because it's the only time you have like more than three people in any one place in Canberra. Um, and we just had big signs saying, you know, stop the cull and we'd set up our website to be stopthecull.net.au so people could take action as well as just being like, well, what are they talking about? Like they could be like, well, what is this? And they'd be like, oh, there's a full campaign. Yeah, it's more of a, It was more of an awareness. Yeah. Um, Protest, yeah. so it was standing around, standing with signs. Um, it wasn't any interacting with the public. I see. So it was still fairly passive in that way, in terms of um, you didn't have to really talk to anyone. Yeah, communicate with anyone in particular. You could just hold a sign and yeah. um, but spread that's awareness. What protest is normally, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So that you're standing there with signs or marching or doing something of yeah. that nature, rather than actually talking and interacting with people one on one. Yeah, I mean, some sometimes we'll flyer as well, so. Um, we might have signs, but then we also might have someone, um, if people are interested, we can hand out a flyer or have a, have a chat to. Yeah, sure. we, we actually had another kangaroo cull protest last night. Yeah. Um, we are like, oh, it's been a full year, how far we've come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, we moved it to a new location up near the light rail where there's a lot more foot traffic. Okay. Because we're like, you know, people will see the signs as they're driving, but they'll probably forget by the time they get home. Yeah. And so um, Chris had some flyers. He had, what, 50 and you handed them all out? Yeah. Yeah. And so just like, you know, being like, hi, do you want a flyer? Like nothing confrontational, but yeah. giving people the option. And a lot of people stopped and were like, oh, what's, what's this about? Like what's happening? Why are they killing kangaroos? I mean, like we have this helpful flyer for you. And Chris had some good conversations with some people. And yeah. But I mean, yeah, a lot of, a lot of those types of activities, um, you don't have to talk to people. Yeah. I it's see. more just, yeah, with signing and giving, spreading information and awareness. I could do that myself. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Come along. Yeah. <laughs> Go for yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can <laughs> but even... But I'm probably like talking to people. Yeah. Well, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. You, but, but to you get, looked but, at me, let's chat. Yeah, but, um, but that's, that's really comforting to know that it's, you know, yeah. when you say it like that, it's not... Yes, yeah, not yeah. scary. Really that, that's not scary I mean, they're all. really easy. Like those, those types of uh, events are fairly non-threatening, super easy for people to participate in. Like we provide all of the signs or a lot of signs as well. So people, if you might not know what to write or what to bring, we'll provide that, that, um, the collateral as well. So you can even hide behind one of our giant signs <laughs> <laughs> if you're a s'mores Brahmin. Yeah. yeah, it's just feet and top of my head. Yeah. So you went from participating in other people's organized protests yep. Yep. to organizing your own. Yeah. Yep. So how did that, oh, like, and, where did the and, jump and, happen? And, and how did it feel after the the first one you participated in? It was really good. Like, we were walking home just talking, like, a million miles a second, like, even more so than normal. Um, and we are just like, we have to do more of this. Like, we like this is, this is a good thing to do. And, like... I'm a little bit of a lazy person. So I was like, oh, I'm going to give up so much of my weekend. And I was like, no, I have to do this. Like I can't just sit home knowing that all this is happening and I'm not saying anything about it. And I'm not. Mm. So I think we both realized that it wasn't as intimidating as we thought. Yeah. So, so how did you feel before? Oh, I was like shaking and I was, yeah. and we're walking down with our signs we'd made. And I was like, I don't want to see them before we get to where other people are. I don't want people to like yell at me in the streets or something. No one. So no. were you uncomfortable? So this is my problem. Yeah. Mm. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. Is that you'll see people that you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah we bumped into someone. Really <laughs> awkward and embarrassed and uncomfortable about the whole situation. Yep. Yeah. Because you don't want them to maybe associate you with someone that's like yeah. protesting and being not aggressive, but. A militant vegan. Yeah. A collared, was it a collared green criminal? Yeah. 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 So. That's always been my reservation, but yeah. also not knowing what to say if someone asks me a question I don't yep. know the answer oh, to. Good call. And then you good go, call. Well, I'm I'm meant to know everything, aren't I? If I'm already trying to like save animals. Yep. And or a particular, you know, you might do different obviously with the car law. Yeah. Um uh, slaughterhouses or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, if people ask you questions or they say a statement where you kind of have no comeback for, but it's hard under still, pressure. It kind of feels this whole like they still, even though you come back with something, it might not be a strong enough point for them to actually shift. Mm-hmm. And I would personally struggle with them walking away and and not changing their minds. Yeah, yeah. like hang on a second, I haven't done my job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was something that like, that's some good uh, yeah good thoughts. And yeah. that, that was yeah. something that we like one that so we went to the kangaroo curl protest and then someone did one of those like cube of truths and we didn't know anything so we go we'll go along to those you have to hide behind a mask that's fine. So what's that? So it's where people stand around with their laptops of slaughterhouse footage and farm footage, um, and then they have a few people on outreach so people come up and see the footage and go predictably like what is this? Where is this happening? And they go this is happening in Australia and this is none of this is illegal what you're seeing it's just awful right. yeah. and then having someone who's confident to talk and so that's. We went to one of those. Chris was like, I'll do outreach. I, I love talking. I was like, I'm going to hide behind a laptop. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> yeah. uh, and what if people start asking you questions? You just, no p- you just point to the person. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's one of the things. Gotcha. It's interesting. So I when can you, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, like when you say, um, you know, like what if I don't know or what if um, mm. I don't have enough information? Usually there's roles within each, any type of activism where okay. yeah. people who don't want to say anything, you know, there's a position you can take that position. Like you can tell people who are organizing, I don't want to talk to anyone. But see, so. I'd struggle not to. So yeah. I'm one of those people yeah, that okay, would yeah, be yeah. like, I want to talk and I want yep. to make a point and I'll probably get aggressive yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as well. But then if they say something that I don't know what to say back, I'd be like, well, I suppose a good, a, I suppose a good thing is you, you know, you have the support there if you need it. Right. Yeah, and then yeah. you can sort of pick and choose how much you want to engage with people. Yep. You can have like a signal that says to to one of your colleagues or one of your friends to like come come and intervene. Yeah, yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we do. We build we build those into a lot of the. So what's your sign language code? <laughs> hand up, <laughs> just hand up and flail. Yeah, <laughs> just no, wild yeah. panicked eyes. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think a lot of it like, um, so we're actually doing another one of those type events tomorrow and we do them through our own organization rather the one than with the masks and the laptops. so we don't use the masks they're a bit cringy but okay. it was the first one we went to we didn't organize it and we we're like oh yeah. this is a good way to test it out um but similar concept and so people who want to talk go on outreach people who don't want to talk hop with the laptops um people who are a bit i'm not sure will just like go with someone who's talking so they can like yeah. see how they respond yeah. but a lot of it like we know why we're there we know it's morally wrong to exploit and kill animals and so when people are like, oh, but what about our ancient ancestors? And you're like, that has mm. nothing to do with, mm. like a lot of people will use completely tangential talking points that they themselves don't particularly understand. There's something that they've read or heard and gone, oh, that's a good point. I'm not going to think any. But what about, about protein? Yeah. What about protein, Bronwyn? <laughs> yeah, what about canines? My ancestors though. And then you're just like, well, actually that has nothing to do with the morality of killing and slaughtering animals. So yeah. there's a lot of it where 
you're just like, I actually probably have a pretty good answer for that, but it's irrelevant to why I'm here and being firm, just being like, you know, we have people being like, oh, do you really think this is the best way of doing activism? And you're like, well, what would make you go vegan? And they're like, well, nothing. And you're like, well, then you have no opinion, really. Like, yeah. yeah. I think part of the issue as well is that people um, assume that everyone doing outreach is some perfectly omniscient, Mm. knowledgeable human who knows absolutely everything about every issue. Whereas most people doing outreach Mm. know enough. Yeah. And if they're confident that they want to talk to someone, they probably know enough. Yeah. I don't think there's no like qualification or you don't need to be like a level 12 vegan to talk to people. And Um, you know what? I I imagine that relatability and would be really attractive to people You'd and approachable to, to come to you. I, I think somebody reached out to us on um, an Instagram actually. Yeah. yeah. And, and they, uh, they're inspired by our, our podcast about, you know, what's your vegan origin story? And they yep. shared their vegan or- origin story with us. And I asked him, I'm like, so what, you know, he, he said he actually was approached by an activist. So he yep. went and talked to this person at the table. Yeah. But, and I'm like, well, what was it about this person that inspired you to actually become vegan? He's like, to be honest, the guy like wasn't super fit. Uh, he was kind of overweight. He was yep. just a really normal dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was just like, yeah, like I just I'm just doing it for the animals. He was really sincere and genuine. Yeah. And he's just like, because he was just so normal. Yeah. I'm like, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's actually why he became vegan. Yeah. Um, and that was through activism, but it was incredibly approachable. And I think that's part of it. Like, um, I don't really enjoy doing. The outreach, like I'll do it, but I'm a bit of a nervous rambler. So I'm the one who's going off topic, not the poor person asking the question. <laughs> but um, another thing we sort of remind everyone is that like most people are not going to go vegan just because they talk to you. Like yes. it takes multiple, multiple. See, this is the problem that yeah. I'd be like, no, I need to, you sit yeah. down. <laughs> I need to convince you. I have two hours <laughs> and so do you. <laughs> and you'll send me your meal plans. <laughs> you will sign this contract. <laughs> Otherwise I get your firstborn. But um. I, will, I will hold your hand through the whole process. See, yeah. this is, this is my problem. I'd yeah. probably get too involved and be like, I'll take you shopping. Yeah. I'll show you how to cook. I'll come to your house and prepare your meals yeah, for you yeah. for the next year. <laughs> yeah. Like that would be, I'll overwhelm them. And yeah. They'd be like, I'm out of here. Do you, do you see people with that level of emotion that can't kind of temper that in these groups or is it everyone pretty even kill? And I mean, we all joke about all of us being like that, that we're yeah. like, I'm going to sit them down and I'm going to show them dominion, like clockwork orange style. But then when you actually start talking, you're like, Oh, actually this is fine. Like, yeah. And I think it's really important to remember that like it takes so many steps for people to go vegan. You're probably not going to be the straw that I don't want to say breaks the camel's back. That sounds mean. The straw that makes the haystack fall down. There we go. (laughs) No, no, I agree. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think it's, it's un yeah, it's unrealistic. Yeah. And somewhat prideful. Yeah. To think that you have this influence over people. You as an individual, (laughs) To um can change people's minds. Yeah. But see, if that you think, guy that messaged us, it that did happen to him. But yeah, he sure. might he might have been thinking about. He it. might have been thinking oh, yeah. about so, it. So yeah. like obviously there's a process, and most people that probably do come up have already had a few different seeds planted. Yeah. yeah. For them to be like, okay, I want to talk I'm about. I'm interested. This. Yeah. I want to actually, I have questions and this is the best way to do it. Yeah. Rather than sitting there on the internet. Like if you have genuine questions that you're curious about, like, yeah. 
okay, the whole protein thing, people yeah. might be confused. And yeah. there's so many conflicting things on the internet. Yeah. yeah. They might be like, okay, where am I going to get my protein from? And it's like, well, it's, you know. Everywhere. It's yeah, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And when was the last time you heard of anyone being protein deficient or, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah, the hospitals are not full of protein deficient vegans. Yeah. yeah. I um. <laughs> I think this is is really interesting about because uh, when I hear you guys speak, I think what I what I see is that you have pretty good expectations yeah. of what to get out of these events and yeah. your activism. Yeah, like I think you're pretty realistic about that. Um, so that raises the question of, in your minds, yeah. and starting your organisation, what do you think is the goal of activism? Mm. Um, you know, is it about conversion? Yeah. Like straight up, as Marsha is saying. Or what else? Is there a bit of a process around this? And what are you trying to go out and do? Yeah, well, we when we were starting to think about a group or um, organising more as a collective or something more professional, I guess, um, we, we wrote a strategic plan. So mm. we wrote up specific goals, how we might achieve those goals, tactics. Um, we really thought about what those might be. There's these... There is the... Um, far out goals like end animal agriculture yeah um, right <laughs> but yeah. i mean along the way there's all of these smaller milestones you can think about so there's different ways to approach all of those things um and one of the things i think we talked about fairly early on was this idea of conversion so um part of our group isn't about converting individuals because it's larger than that it's a lot of systemic issues that go on which converting uh -huh. individuals probably doesn't do much for um, so it's multi-pronged in terms of like an outcome and the strategies you use to get towards that outcome. Um, and I mean, in the measure, measures of success are hard to, to gauge as well. Yes. Like, are we succeeding in particular ways or not? Um, and there's, it's really difficult to see those things. You know, you can have a petition with thousands of signatures, but it might not do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, there's no real one way to, to gauge success, I don't think, or to... Mm. Uh, you have to kind of um, work on mul multiple avenues and multiple tactics. Yeah. Well, it's ultra dynamic, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's something that we, and that's why we're talking about anti-speciesism as opposed to veganism. Um, like individual choices are great. They help make change, but the system that people operate within is still constrained. Mm. So there's a limit to how good your choices can ever be, no matter how much research you do, no matter what you do you're still going to be bound by those. And so we've taken an approach that we want systemic change. And so a lot of the campaigns we run, they're all hyper-local. So they're all about stuff we can change in Canberra. So, for example, ending horse racing in Canberra. Our goal is obviously to end it, but the ACT horse racing industry only exists because government gives them such enormous yeah. grants every year. Like something like, what, 60% of their total income comes from ACT grants. And so if we got that money taken away, by, by default, the industry would probably fold. So it's looking at those kind of things, like what can we do to change the structure? Um, having people go vegan along the way is amazing. Um, it helps people get involved with all this other kind of activism, but we're doing a lot of lobbying and stuff like that as well. So trying to mm. look at how we can make change with our resources that we have doing a lot of investigative work and stuff like that. And then there are obviously there are examples of things we can do where we have an immediate effect, like, you know, disrupting kangaroo hunters and stuff like that. Like Yeah, more direct action tactics, which is yeah. a whole other whole other topic, yeah. 
Wow. So there's, okay. So there seems to be quite a few different dials you're, and levers you're pulling at any given yeah. moment here. Yeah. Um, so now I suppose, you know, getting past your first event. Yeah. Um, and then starting your own organization. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to know, like, you know, how you've engaged the community to yeah. get people to participate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and what have been some of your learnings and honestly, what have been maybe some of your mistakes along yeah. the way yeah. um, on this journey with activism and, um, and and how are you feeling overall about your confidence? Because you started yeah. off terrified and yeah. I'd love yeah, to know yeah. where you are now in terms of engaging and outreach and doing all that stuff. Now. Yeah. So, like, the first event we did as the Anti-Species Action Collective was something called Human Meat, which is, like, a more of a performance art protest where we had um, actors in giant meat trays with fake blood. And, it was, I mean, it's quite confrontational. We did it in the middle of Grima Place in the middle of the day. Same time, they were doing some kind of weird, like, breakdancing competition. So, there were a lot of people around. Right. Um, and then we had people on outreach because people come and go, well, what are you doing? What is this? And we're going, look, we're highlighting the similarities between humans and non-humans and how just absurd it is that you would never see a human in this situation and be okay with it but you see Mm. cows and pigs dismembered in meat trays and you don't think twice Mm. um and that was like i mean that was a big undertaking as well um that was our first one and i mean i was really shaky beforehand second i started talking to people i was fine i was like this is good this is really important um but i think yeah we've just and creative. Yeah. I, I, mind, I, it must be like, you know, I imagine you guys will have a lot of conversations yeah. and there's a lot of creativity. So a lot of that actually comes from planning. another um, person who's one of the founding members, Layla. So she's, I mean, she's been active for years. She's been doing activism for years. Um, and she just has brilliant ideas and interesting ways of getting a point across mm. that, you know, sometimes just standing with a sign People are like, yeah, whatever. If you have something that people mm. cannot look away from mm. and they're really curious and they come up and have a bit of a chat, even if they think you're ridiculous, they've they've had to engage with the fact that what they believe might not be the only way of thinking about a topic. So they might be like, oh, it's ridiculous. You'd never kill a human. You're like, exactly. Why would you do it to someone who can also feel the same way, who can suffer, who can, you know, all this. Like there isn't in the ways that humans and non-humans differ they're not really meaningful when it comes to like pain, suffering, isolation, all those kind of things. Um, so Layla's amazing at that. Um, and she really, cause I mean, we're, we've always felt like we're kind of outsiders anyway. We're not really good at like making social connections cause we're a bit awkward, but um, she really taught us like actively engaging with the community. And so she knew a few people and approached them directly by being like, Oh, do you don't, are you going to be comfortable to lie around in like, you know, nude underwear with fake blood on you in the middle of groomer place and being like people like oh yeah i'm confident to do that that's fine but um i mean that's obviously a very like confrontational protest and then when we've done ones that are less confrontational we've tried to make them really accessible for people so we've sent out all the invites and say look if you have any questions contact us and we've had a few people say look can i meet up with you beforehand like i've Mm. never done activism before and i'm kind of scared but like you know can i come and meet you beforehand so we've you know go and get coffee or they come you know, we meet up half an hour before the thing and say, look, you know, we're going to be with you the entire time. If you have any issues, come and come and find us or we'll stick with you. We'll make sure we stick with you the entire protest. So if anyone comes up and says something to you, we're right there. You, mm. And you can just say, I'm not talking and 
will take over. So interesting how things have shifted yeah. from you guys considering being introverts. You're like, no, you can come and get me. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm happy to step in yep. and talk to them instead of you. So yeah. that's clearly a lot of growth in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like leading, a, leading the charge, really. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm like, is this actually me? Like, <laughs> but like, and it's like you kind of like, we're almost like a little bit like mama bear with like the like new activists who come in just being like, I don't want anything to ever happen to them. Like, mm, mm. I, I will jump you in front of traffic. You want to come back and yeah. actually want to be there and, yeah. and help. So what yeah. do you feel like are the main misconceptions around activism in terms of getting involved or people that, you know, are just walking past that mm. just don't want anything to do with you? I think you overinflate how much is going to bother you when people disagree with you. Like, obviously, you want everyone to be like, oh, yeah, that okay, that makes sense because it's deeply frustrating to be like, but there's so much information. Why aren't you listening to me? Yeah. But I think just, like, being out there, you're like, you know what? Not everyone has to agree with me if I've changed one person's mind today. Yeah. That's part of it. Um, and I think a lot of people – I mean, the same thing we had, they were like, what if people are not friendly at the protest? And it's like, mm. we're all out here for the same reason. There's no reason for anyone to be awful. I mean, we haven't experienced it. I don't know if other – I assume it happens occasionally. We have people who are big personalities who, you know, or they're like veterans and they're just like, oh, I don't have time to talk to these newbies or whatever. But I think it's really important for any movement to put aside egos. Like it's not yeah. about you. Yeah. It's never about you. Having, you know, however many followers on Instagram doesn't mean anything for the animals that you're actually doing this for. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think going into it with the expectation of like, you're not going to change any one person's mind but people are going to be supportive See, of you. that's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Have you had have, have you had any direct conflict and you've gone home after a campaign and you're like, whoa, that was... That was rough. That was a bit so rough. So not so much at the campaign, but we did a protest at the Canberra show and people were really quite receptive there. We had a couple of people be like, oh, you're wasting your time. But um, then we had the contingent of dog ladies. We had 500 comments like every day being like, how dare you say people who breed dogs and show dogs are bad people? And we were like all right like right you know it we've was had a few conversations at events which are frustrating yeah like you're not getting through to somebody yeah but i think you just need to realize when that's happening and you know you're not going to change everyone's mind and understanding that it doesn't matter if you don't change their mind not every single person is yeah. going to be receptive to those ideas and um, it's the same with any other expectations yeah yeah if you set your expectations well enough and you realize that wasting your time on those people yeah like you can try as much we, we had a conversation oh, once yeah. with a guy for about an hour after an event so he just hung around after the event and he just we just couldn't get through to him so we just had to say sorry I, like we gotta go have dinner we have to go yeah. now um you know you're, you're you're not taking on these ideas or just some people just like that. Know when the, to quit. Some people just argumentative. Just yeah. Some people just actually sincerely you. enjoy it. Yeah, actually, yeah. that's just what they do. And what he came up to the event to argue. Like he came yeah. up to try and um, call us out on like a hypocritical part of our protest. Or I don't know what it was exactly. Oh yeah, he was like, you know, there's animal products in your laptop, right? And we're like, well, look, we don't have any control over that. That's why we're trying to end this whole animal agriculture thing. So waste products don't end up in things that we have to use to live in society. Yeah. He was like, oh, but. Blah, blah, blah. It's just like it was the most neck beady conversation I've ever engaged with, and I was just like, there was a point where Chris, like Chris and I were just both like, look, why are you? If you don't want to change, if you don't care what we have to say, 
if you're not taking any of this on board, why are you why are you here? Don't you have something better to do? And so we were just both like, look, we're the not going to change. That question is no. But this is what I have to do. <laughs> yeah. He was like, I have to show those vegans, and we're like, yeah. oh, showed us. But um, we we're just like, look, you're not going to change your mind, and we've got honestly, we've got better things to do. We're kind of hungry. We're going to go get dinner. Do you feel like there's going to be more and more people? I mean, after the what was it, the, the Dominion or, one? Yeah. yeah. Um, the the protests that were going on around Australia. Yeah. And there's a, there's a more of a divide in the vegan community as well as the non-vegan community and everyone has an opinion. Yeah. Have you found, have you done many protests or activism since then? We haven't done many uh, like vegan outreach type events. We'll tell you stuff, after tomorrow. Yeah, a lot <laughs> okay. of the stuff we've yeah. been doing is more... Uh, like pressure campaigns against specific things like yeah. the cull or horse yeah. racing or, or animal circus. testing or the circus. Yeah. So it's less, it's been less um, like, like painted like veganism yeah. as yeah. much. Um, but it would be interesting to see. I mean, I think it'll be handy having had those um, disruptions because people might be more likely to come and chat to us. Yeah. They, it might be more in the social consciousness that this is a thing and maybe they'll have a strong opinion. And then maybe when they talk to us, they'll realise we're just normal people. Um, so you think it was a positive thing? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. We're saying we both regret not taking the time off work to go and join any of the events. Because mm. we're both like, oh, we should. But then, oh, they're in Sydney. We're not going to get there. Who's going to watch our cat? Like, yeah. cats yeah. are... <laughs> I mean, I think it was interesting, the response within the vegan community yeah. itself. Um, you know, it, it obviously caused a lot of infighting or arguments within vegan, you know, the vegan community. Um but I think on the whole, I mean, it's not really about what... What um, vegans think. What vegans think about or the perception of vegans um, because that's just centering ourselves exactly again. Exactly, yeah. because yeah. it's like, well, I'm a vegan. What are other people going to think of me yeah. now that this has happened? And that was a big part of the media as well, that they didn't engage with why people were willing to do this, like why people were willing to chain themselves in slaughterhouses or lock down you know, a major intersection. They didn't discuss what really... It's about why the people. It was about... Oh, oh, people were disadvent, they were inconvenienced, and it was They're entirely late to work. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah, there was complete c- controlling narrative about people, and yeah. the vegans can fall into trap. It's about me, yeah, not yeah. about you. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. But you've mentioned a few times about like um, time. Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, thank you for being so selfless, um, because I know you you both have day jobs too yeah um so and and it sounds like you're really prolific in your participation and how active you were over a short amount of time which is why you got so experienced so quickly but um again i'm thinking about those listening to this who are sitting there introverted they just really care about this stuff they want to be active um but there's always the question of time yeah right so i'd be curious as you know if you're to give advice to those looking to get involved in this, yeah. um, what does that time commitment look like? Um, can they pick and choose? And I'm also curious why you guys have decided. Um, I know you're really selfless beings, but it takes something other type of motivation to really invest as much time as you have into your organisation. I mean, for people who want to get active but they worry about the time commitment, pick a topic you care about, do what you can. And not all activism is going to a protest like it's a great way to get to be part of a community to learn more about the topic and, and that's something that I really wish we had when we were a lot younger and we we're trying this for the first time sure. that 
like we, I would really wish we'd embed ourselves in a community and been like, I'm going to continuously learn because we learned so much about the kangaroo cull last year. We went from being like, it's mean to kill kangaroos to being like deep diving into the research that the SCD government produces. Like it was a huge dive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not all activism is going to protest. I mean, writing a scathing zine and distributing it online or in your local cafes is a good form of activism. Like writing articles with your opinion is a good form of activism. Doing a vlog or a podcast is a good form of activism. Like it doesn't necessarily like work to what your strengths are. Um, like challenge yourself, but don't feel like, well, because I don't want to go to a protest that I can't do anything. Like mm. it's about plant, as I said yeah. before, it's about planting the seeds. So maybe someone will read an article on our website yep. and then come walk past you guys when you're in the in the city yep. Yep. and talk to you and that might be the last thing that they need to yeah. make them go right or it I'm going to give this a go or it might be the other way they might see us and go oh what was that about and they read your thing and go oh this is actually something that I can do mm-hmm. like they've kind of made it easy for me they've given me recipes they've given me motivation they've talked in depth about why it's important to do this and it's not like you don't have to be like you don't have to be a stereotype of whatever the public think like vegans are. You don't have to be in Nimbin with dreadlocks. Like it's not it's not obligatory. Yeah. Neither of us have dreadlocks. <laughs> but like You make a really great point about, you know, the perception of activism. Yeah. Is like, you know, I think everyone listening to this, we all think it oh yeah. activist is okay. Yeah, you're out. We, you're, you're, you're out. You're militant. This yeah, thing. you're militant. You're out in the street. You're, yeah. you know, you're being an inconvenience to people. Yelling yeah. in people's faces, being angry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's really not the case. I think part of that is like the media stereotype, really. I and mean, they twist it. You yeah, know, they make it seem like, and this is why I don't pay attention to the news because it's all it's all bad news. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. bad news, but it's also they spin it the way that they want people. Yeah. You know, they kind yeah. of brainwash you into believing something that's not real you know it's one side of the story but it's a really stereotypical pro agriculture yeah. side of the story and you, you i mean even after the dominion actions you saw that so the major news stations in australia are either owned owned by murdoch or by Kerry stokes who has billions in agriculture investments those news stations are never ever going to say oh i think they might have a point mm. Mm. Like their advertising comes from that like and there's the australian narrative of oh you know the farmer is the backbone of australia and oh you know they're just working so hard and these horrible people are going out disrupting their livelihoods like there is there is what 200 something years of social conditioning in australia to think that agriculture animal agriculture is like this selfless they're hardworking, and like they're hardworking for a bad reason but sorry anyone who's a farmer listening to this (laughs) But, um, you know, there is there is so much social conditioning for people to overcome. There is active media push to paint people who oppose anything. I mean, look at how some media outlets painted the Stop Adani campaigners. Mm. I mean, no one wants to pollute the environment, really. If you thought about it, you would not choose, let's destroy this bit of the environment for someone else to make money. But they've managed to paint in key areas people as being irrational or they're a bunch of tree huggers who don't know what they're talking about or they're stealing jobs from people in places where they need jobs and instead of people saying well why aren't there jobs here why aren't we why why isn't the government stepping in and making jobs in these vulnerable areas they're saying oh it's those protesters it's them Mm. like someone to point the finger at yeah Yeah. it's interesting as well the this kind of stereotypical activist or extreme activist um most of the 
people who are have been most active that we have met. Yep. They're behind. They're doing work behind the scenes. So yep. they're not kind of front line on the streets. Um, chaining themselves to stuff like some of them are yeah but a lot of them are doing more admin work or research or submitting things to government when submissions are called or gathering data so Mm. you know there's so many forms of activism and sometimes the most effective ones i mean they're all effective um, in their own ways but this idea of like the militant activist most of them are doing admin work yeah (laughs) like they're behind a desk doing admin work or doing something like that Um, yeah and this idea that the the activist is someone who's on the street on at all times is kind of just an odd idea. Yeah, it's this, it's this weird manufactured idea of a violent individual out to ruin people's livelihood or something. Yeah, it's just, it's just an odd odd yeah. notion that that's a thing. These are just normal human beings. Yeah, just yeah. Doing, their going, going, doing their bit for who care about who yeah. care about other individuals. Yeah. Mm. And the. F- And there's also the element of, like, that's a very convenient narrative for getting legislation through. So currently they're talking about increasing trespass laws um, and laws for people who disrupt agricultural, like, production Mm. specifically with, you know, 10 years jail time if you incite it. And I forget what the fines are going to be if you're just just participating. And these are ag-gag laws. We would know very little about what happens in slaughterhouses and farms if it wasn't for people trespassing and getting footage. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's activism and they paint that as being militant or violent. Mm. Yeah. And all they're doing is telling the truth and showing people the truth. Like, people would not know. The violence that yeah. actually goes on yeah. 24-7 in yeah. those places. No one has ever committed or violence yeah. or anything like that. Pretty much every animal rights group yeah. is non-violent. That's like a, mm. a part of the code of conduct or their, yeah. like, <laughs> is their driving yeah. force. Like we want yeah. to end in violence. violence. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. we're yeah. not chaining farmers up in slaughterhouses and dismembering them. Like yeah. that's not out. That's kind of the opposite of what we're going for. Yeah. So they've painted this idea of, oh, people are being threatened. They're not though. Yeah. That's the thing. Like animal, animal rights people are being threatened. I mean, there's a lady in Victoria who's had to move because she opposed the um, duck rescue, uh, the duck, like the duck hunting, she was part of the duck rescue and all these other things. Like people doxed her, found where she lived, have been sending her death threats, sending her family death threats. Like all she has done is shown the truth of what is happening. She's shown compassion. Yeah. So she's getting the threats for that reason. Yeah. That's ridiculous. And this idea as well that these violent activists and the only thing they're violent towards, if they are at all, is people's they might cut a fence yeah so it's, yeah. This, it's this idea that um Prop- inanimate objects or property you can inflict violence upon property yeah which is well part i've of heard the that thing. when they were cutting the that's fences, hardcore man yeah. that's <laughs> hardcore cutting a fence that's out of control yeah, yeah. yeah. lock these that, guys that up fence had a family. <laughs> yeah. but they were saying how this is just some bit of news that i yeah. heard in the background one day is that they were cutting fences and some of the animals were running loose and got injured and stuff. Yes. But, I mean, I imagine that they probably twisted the truth there as yeah. well. So as far as happened. I know with that one, um, the animals were out on the road. Like okay. Because, they, I mean, a lot of farmers in a lot of areas are letting animals out to graze on the verge because there's not a lot of grass around. Yeah. Um, and so they'd stopped and tried to shepherd the animals back in and some of the animals had panicked and run into the fence. And so the, uh, the farmer yeah. actually ended up coming out and being like, yeah, it was kind of a bit of... Bit of my fault as well, right? But um, I mean, people aren't. But you're not going to hear that, really. No. On the main well, that's that doesn't sell newspapers or, yeah. you know, feed. Someone admitting that they were wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I mean, people aren't going and cutting fences and being like, "Be free, sheep!" Like, 
that's not yeah it's yeah. it's not productive i mean mm. it probably would be nice for the sheep to die out in nature than to be slaughtered brutally but mm. it's not really a thing that you like people are going to do and because they've been you know domesticated to they have an no extent, survival they they wouldn't be able to survive no on their own and it's not even their f- it's just the way that they've been bred yeah so you know their coats would be too thick probably yeah like sure they the sheep wouldn't, and yeah, they the sheep. wouldn't they wouldn't shed because yeah. that's not yeah. the way that they were designed after so much manipulation yeah yeah so yeah, it's interesting. And oh, there's some really, please. really good books. Like we were sort of saying, oh, we, you know, we won't be like, oh, talk too much about like the literature behind it. But for people who are really interested about how this, like how this kind of media mindsets happen, there's a really good book by John Sorensen called Constructing Eco-Terrorism. So he talks about like, you know, the idea of like eco-terrorist people who are blockading logging and stuff. And he also talks about animal rights activists, um, people who have burnt down libraries when they've re- after they've rescued animals out of them and stuff like that. And he's talked pretty strongly, he talks mostly about how that has been manipulated to be, well, they're violent, like they're not threatening people, they're mm. destroying property because they've found that's very effective at getting a horrible place shut down if it's physically not there anymore. Um, but also talking about how a lot of this like perception and media and public manipulation is used to drive legislation to prevent people being able to get footage and show the truth, even if you don't agree with the actions, if you think it's not productive or anything like that, don't you can't take what people are saying and internalize that and try and punish people who are trying to do good in the world. Right. Yep. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people who aren't vegan who are like, oh, they ruined my day, or look at them, blah, blah, blah. and then you have to look at like, well, how is the media using this? How are politicians using this? Are they using this to curtail people's freedom? Are they trying to like censor people? Are they trying to stop people showing what is happening? behind closed doors if they're mm. doing that like even if you don't agree with the cause you sh- the truth it's, like, yeah that's yeah. what at the end of the day they're just showing what's going on they're not staging anything no it's just you need the, to know what's going on yeah and you need to wake up communicating yeah. information yeah yeah wow hmm. i i do um one last question i'll hmm. let you guys <laughs> say whatever you want to say to, to wrap this up but i think um what's really good about being vegan is that you're proactively taking action yeah just by be- becoming vegan and yeah. it's a it's a way of life yeah. it's not just about being plant-based it's yeah. Yeah, yeah. how you view the whole world how you view yeah. other human beings and and everything around you yeah um but we know from experience you know there's been over four years running the minimalist vegan yeah uh and you know sometimes we have those moments of incredible frustration and depression yeah um mm. around what's happening in the world yeah um, but I think what keeps us grounded is that we feel like we're at least doing something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think for those listening to this who are vegan, fantastic. Yeah. But maybe could you shed some light on what it feels like yeah. individually to take things a little bit further yeah. and just doing whatever you can yeah. uh, for the cause yeah. and how motivating that can be. Yeah, I think a lot of us can be when you can find your, you know, going vegan, you feel like you're making this big effort to cut out a lot of things out of your life, but it feels like you're up against something so big that maybe it's not making much of a difference. Yeah. Um, and that's a big, it's a depressing. big issue. It is depressing. Yeah. Like the Vistopia idea that, you yeah. know, everyone around you is not seeing what you're seeing yeah. and you're living in this world that's, you know, not in, in sync with your values. Um, so part of doing activism, I think, is finding that community of people and 
all fighting together for the same cause feels really good because you're in contact more with people with the same values as you. It's less isolating than just trying to be vegan on your own. I mean, we were vegan for how many years before we started doing activism? Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, we're joking that I've always been, like, a cynical emo anyway. So I was like, I'm never positive. But then we're like, actually, I am now. Yeah, I think you reinforce each other's um, belief systems too and you find Mm. more strength in seeing other people do things. So, you know, when you're out at a protest or you're out doing outreach and you see someone doing well... Yeah. or you see other people or more people getting involved, um, it feels like you're doing more and it feels like you're pushing it back against it the system. It must feel super tangible. Yeah. Like yeah, you're in the flesh, you know, and it yeah, must yeah. feel very connected. Yeah. And it kind of it kind of staves off that, like that Vistopia. Um, I mean, I, I really just get really sad about it a lot. Like I really, I really do suffer from that. Like I'm like, this is awful. Everything is so messed up. Just quickly for people that oh, yeah. don't know what Vistopia is, well, put a link to the show notes for you to learn more about it yeah and things like just like eco despair like oh i don't i don't know if it's got a term but that's what i've been calling it the idea of like everything's crumbling and it's terrible and no one's taking action everyone's going oh what should we do so like you know that's something that has really bothered me for a long time but then going and doing activism just being like well you know what i'm not going to just let it happen Mm. i'm going to go out and i'm going to oppose it and and it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier about like, oh, what if people see me? And just being like realizing that if they're your friends, um, they're probably going to be proud of you. Like a friend of mine came, like she was catching the light rail and she was like, I knew you'd be here. And <laughs> she like came over and gave me a big hug. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, I mean, she's not vegan. She's a really good person, but she's not vegan. Yeah. And I've always been like, oh, I don't want to impose my views. Like, I know that's not productive with people you're close with that mm. you don't want to push people away, but just, just like having people just be like, you know what? I'm proud of you for standing up for stuff. Like, mm. that's good. Like, my parents are always like, I'm so proud of you for doing this. Mm. And nice. yeah, it, it really just does stave off that sense of helplessness because, you know, if things are going to be bad, why would you just let it happen? Mm. What, yeah. you know, do you want to look back when you're older and say, well, I'm really glad that I sat around and felt awful? Or do you want to say, you know what? Maybe it didn't turn out, but we fought every step of the way you to make it better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. <laughs> that's powerful. <laughs> I know that some of the images that you guys share on social media, they're pretty graphic. Yeah. Um, yep. Do you find that sometimes we have come to this point where people, like not much shocks people anymore? Yeah. Um, so do you feel like though, I mean, some of them are really like when I was looking on your website and your social media, I was like, that that's really upsetting in your face. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel like that needs to be put out there for people to actually think or do or feel anything? I think sometimes. I mean, most vegans probably don't need to see it anymore. Yeah, they no. don't need to engage with that material because yeah. they've already traumatized by seeing it once. So yeah. Yeah. you know, this is why when people ask us, "Oh, have you watched Dominion?" Like. If yeah, you're already vegan, no, I don't. Like, I don't need to. Preaching to the converted, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like, don't, don't want to put myself through that because I think I'm trying to manage my dystopia at the moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> want to trigger it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was like, like we watched it, so we, if people asked us questions, we could answer yeah, it. And in sure. retrospect, I yeah. wish I hadn't watched it yeah. because, yeah. It, I mean, I was crying from I don't know, like a couple of minutes in, and I periodically went from crying to being like, I can't feel anything now because I'm so upset. Yeah, like the next day. Like or, at work or something, or you know, you're out somewhere and seeing someone eating 
flesh you know I just, just dominion was just hands. running in my head immediately it just yeah. triggered these visions yeah. of the violent stuff but i mean i think for sharing that information like um we try to non-vegans yeah. but also i mean the the propaganda machine of media and the skewed nature of advertising yeah it it dumbs it down so much and presents it as this nice neat little package that people mm. don't know the violence behind those things so it's yeah. kind of like anti anti-marketing yeah, I mean, showing the reality of the situation, yeah. I think, is important. And if that reality is violent, then people need to see that violence. Yeah. Um, there's no other real way around that. I think some people won't react well to that. Yeah. But that, you know, that might just be a defense mechanism. You got to, you got to fight propaganda with propaganda. Yeah. yeah. Embedded with truth. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right, and yep. it's, yeah. you know, it's it's not something you're going to see on the mainstream media. Yeah. Well, they put forward unshocking imagery on purpose yeah, yeah. You know, like look at these happy of, cows and you're yeah. like they're not happy yeah. Mm. yeah yeah but we like we do try to balance it out so if it's something that can be told with just the facts yeah we do that but for some of the things like when we post stuff on social media a lot of times we'll hashtag like kfc hungry jacks oh, really? like mcdonald's like right. barbecue so people who are engaging in that behavior uh, will see this pop up and go where what's this yeah. Like, why? What? What is this? Like, this isn't my barbecue yeah. that I was like following. This I think is, some yeah. people react. Obviously, people react that's, that's differently. A point. <laughs> yeah, some people react differently as well. Like, some people are mm. just big data nerds, and they just want to know the facts. You that's, know, that's all they care about. Grams. grams of protein per land use. You know, information, and they're not really involved for an emotional reason. Yeah. Um, whereas other people, I think, need that emotional push. I mean, that's what made me so go many... vegetarian, was yeah. seeing graphic pita footage yeah. when I was 14. I saw a video of a cow in a slaughterhouse, and I was like, well, I'm never eating meat again. Like, mm. it was, like, instant. Mm. I mean, I, I acknowledge that a lot of people don't see things that way, and they can see repeated awful things and go, oh, but it's okay. Like, they detach themselves yeah. because it's not the cow that yeah. they're eating, it's the piece of steak on their plate. Yeah. You know, yeah. so for them, it's like... They're but, not related. Yeah. yeah. And even if they see it, they kind of don't care. But for pe- for some people, that is powerful. So we try and approach it from every direction. So we have a lot of graphs that are land use ones. And even mm. though our message is always about the morals, I think like we try to be a bit pragmatic and going, well, there are people who yeah. and just being like, look, if you want to make change, this is how you do it. Yeah. I mean, and cowspiracy was what tipped you. Like you already knew the ethics kind of stuff, but then seeing yeah. just the sheer degradation of the ecosystem based on that was just like, okay, there's another reason I can't. I'll link like, to, yeah. The, yeah. to the documentary in our show notes. We've talked about it many times before and, and that's something that it's interesting because Earthlings made us go vegan. Yeah. Yep. So that was from the ethics. And yep. then we watched Cowspiracy yep. and that was from the environmental component. Yeah. Yep. And every time we watched a documentary just embedded that message stronger. Yeah. Yep. And then we watched, what was it, What the Health? And yep. that was from the health component of it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so there's so many different reasons for people to go vegan. Yeah. Yep. And so many different aspects that veganism can be approached from yeah um so yeah it's it's interesting to see how people respond and on that note i think um you know when you're talking about you know showing your advice to people getting into activism and you know being part of a community and reaching out to people um in your local network um i'm really curious about this 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 whole idea of the vegan bubble Right. Yeah. And I think particularly when you first become vegan, I'm not saying this is true for everybody, but at least in our experience, it was about 
changing our whole environment and consumption yep. to just be around vegans. It's yep. vegan, that vegan on social media, just to to surround yourself with that as a bit of a safety net. Meanwhile, you guys are actually going out there and engaging with people that are not vegan yep. about the topic of speciesism or yeah. animal cruelty. Um, you know, have you seen any benefits for you know getting outside of your vegan bubble and, and engaging in those type of conversations? A little bit. I mean, we have a bit of a vegan bubble. I mean, like it's the two of us in our apartment, and yeah. <laughs> everything's vegan. There is no animal products in there. Our, when we eat vegan with like our families, obviously, but they also eat vegan when we're around. It's very yeah. rare that they would have non-vegan products when we're around. All of our like most of our friends are vegan and. For a little while, I actually stopped talking to a few friends who weren't vegan because I was like, I can't process or go yes. to brunch with you and watch you eat animals. And mm-hmm. I've since kind of realized like they are good people, and it's not it's not it's not nice to just cut people out of your life because they don't have the same belief as you. And honestly, they're compassionate people. They will get there, I hope. Yeah. But I'm not doing them any favors by going. Well, I can't communicate with you because you're not vegan. Um, but we kind of flip in and out of our vegan bubble, and it's distressing when you step out and go. Everything's still awful out here. Okay, back, back into the <laughs> yeah. bubble. Yeah. But um, I think it is important because it keeps you motivated to keep doing activism. Otherwise, you get quite comfortable and you go, well, you know, everything's changing. And yeah. like you see all this stuff and then something happens and you go, actually, wait. Yeah. yeah if all of the yeah. places you shop and all the people you interact with, you probably overinflate how effective how you're effective being. How effective or, you know, how vegan the world actually is or, you know, speciesist behavior. Yeah because you don't go to those places and you're not interacting with it. I think yes. it's good to re-embed yourself in the kind of the mainstream culture and um, you need to learn about how, how other people are operating and what they're consuming or what they're doing yeah. just so you can know how to interact with them. I mean, we interact with non-vegans all the time. Yeah. Like anyway, just through our jobs or through family or other networks. Yeah. Um, so it's good to understand where they're coming from. And I mean, we weren't vegan at increase some point that, anyway. Increase yeah. that empathy muscle. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's already there, but it is sort of, oh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, what's, yeah. that's what they're thinking, you know. Because yeah. like, you, you can remove yourself from that. You yeah. Weren't yeah. Born, yeah. Most people weren't born vegan, so no. you can in, in many ways relate and you have to keep reminding yourself yeah. to go, well, you know, how was I before I became Constantly. Vegan? I'm yep. constantly reflecting on that. Yep. Yeah. Like that's fighting for that. I mm. want that feeling almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I feel like as soon as I lose that, I lose my empathy. Yeah. And when I lose that, I, I just don't, I can't relate anymore, yeah. you know. So. One of the things I always reiterate to people on outreach is that, you know, they think they're being attacked personally. And one of the things that I always, always say is, you know, I, I used to not be vegan. And I don't mm. think you're a bad person for doing the things you're doing. I think you're a good person at heart. It's just that you don't, you haven't had enough information, or you've been taught specific things, or it's, you know, all of the habits you've gone over time. Your yeah. belief, you know, most people are good people, and yes. their belief systems are in the right place. It's just that their actions aren't aligned with those beliefs at the moment. Yes, and that th- that can be through, you know, various different re- you know, reasons like education or family tradition, all the all the usual stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it's like we were talking about the idea of like radical compassion and um, Dr. Melanie Joy has talked at length about the idea of you're not doing yourself any favors by being aggressive or upset with people for not being vegan. Like you're wearing yourself down, mm. um, but you're also not really changing their mind. So the idea of even if you don't like it, understanding people aren't vegan and their reason for it as ridiculous as you might find it. Like you have to, you still have to be able to connect to them as a human being, even if you think what they're doing is repulsive. Mm. Um, 
I mean, and I mean, I beat myself up a lot about the fact that I was vegetarian and I stopped being vegetarian, even though it went against everything I knew. But then I recognized like I had to feel it. I had to know that this is what I have to do. This is the ethical, moral framework that I'm building my life around. Mm. Um, and so just being realistic with that, like there is a, like there's almost like a little trigger in people that they have to go, look, I love animals. I care about animals. I don't want any harm to come to them. And my actions are not reflecting that at the moment. So, yeah. And that's, that's hard for me because like, I'm not very good at like connecting with people. Like I am, I am quite introverted and like, it's easier to dismiss people and go, well, who cares what they think as a bit of a protective mechanism without being like, and you can, you don't have to care what they think, but you have to recognize that they're still a person that, yeah. you know, being callous or dismissive isn't helping you either. It's making you bitter and it's making you upset and cynical and frustrated. And empathy is the That's reason. truth. Yeah. Facts right there. Hashtag yeah. facts. Yeah. It's I a mean, <laughs> is it All the introverts out there and no, no but yeah. really like yeah. that's, that's, that's real thoughts. That's, yeah. that's how we think and, and we interact with each other. Yeah. And um, you're right, it's it's probably not a productive thing well, it's for po- yourself. It's right? poisonous yeah. to you as well. I mean, yeah. like, I always joke about, oh, you know, a big old emo through high school and stuff. And it's like, you know, oh, I don't like people anyway. Yada, yada. But it's like, that's toxic to me. Yeah. Like, even if I was going to be completely selfish about the whole thing, I'm not helping myself mm. by being dismissive of other people and unempathetic. Yeah. Like, it takes vulnerability to be empathetic, but it's good for you. And the idea of, like, how our society i mean obviously what we want is a better society we have to actually build that we can't just say okay there's no more exploitation of animals and everything's fine now like there are so Species. many other seas yeah everyone right yeah, there it's are, love for everyone. there's so many issues people don't have to be in competition with each other people don't have to be yeah. antagonistic towards each other um and being compassionate is a radical act yeah like when you don't agree with someone going well they're still a human there are probably reasons they w- why they're like this. I don't have to like them, but denying their humanity has caused so much hate and so many atrocities. You yeah. can't do that. Like you can't yeah. engage with that just because you feel like you've got a moral reason to do so. Yeah. And empathy is the, the whole reason that people are fighting for animals. Yeah. So let's extend that empathy to yeah. like to all be. living beings as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard on Facebook, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's hard when they can talk back. Yeah, Yeah, it's hard when people just like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to shoot extra kangaroos for you. And you're like, you know what? Just don't. Just don't do that. It is funny though that, you know, online, non-face-to-face because you have that empathy gap. Yeah. It's it's harder because people are more aggressive or they seem more aggressive. They can say the most awful things with no recourse. In, In person, every outreach event that we've done, anything like that, no one's like that everyone i think because you're talking to them face to face even if they people are nice face to face even if they disagree with you they're not going to yell at you or they're not going to curse at you no you know you know that's a really interesting point to bring up again for those looking to who are considering getting into activism is like well as intimidating as the in-person stuff may seem Mm. it's less likely you're actually going to get that conflict yeah um you know as opposed to somebody hiding behind their computer or their phone yeah um posting comments online yeah uh, so that's a really good point to make. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a big there's a big idea of, of people doing digital activism, which is valuable, you know, mm. having people go and say, look, like, you know, when there's a Mother's Day post from Dairy Australia and people just going, are you serious? Like, how, how dare you? These are mothers being torn away from their children and exploited. This is not a Mother's Day message. Mm. Like, that's valuable. 
but digital activism is soul destroying. Yeah. Like you will just see the same dumb thing over and over and over and over and over again. Yep. You're going to see yep. the most toxic behavior of people because they can't feel empathy for someone they don't know or they can't make eye contact with. Yep. So going and doing physical activism, you're never going to walk away and go, that was awful, I can't do that again. Even if you have bad conversations with people, you've connected with other people and there is something like quite, I don't even know how you describe it. It like, just dispels that myth of the, mm. the crazy activist again because yeah. they talk to you. And they just see that you're a regular person yeah. and that everyone at the outreach event, you know, all walks of life. Yeah. Um, and then they just get an understanding that these are real people. Yeah. They're part of my community. You know, they're not, the, they're not this abstract idea that the media has painted yeah. and they can connect a face. And yeah. I think even that, even if they don't, if they disagree with you 100%, mm. you know, they'll never connect with, um, or they don't think that they will go vegan. At least they've seen an example of a, someone in real life yes they do exist yeah it's not an angry comment on facebook yeah Mm. it's a person in their community so yeah absolutely guys this has been great um we i'm sure we could go on and on and on uh, as we often do (laughs) um but look i think there's a a lot of key things that we've broken down from you know some of your fears getting into activism and where you are now uh, and I think hopefully, uh, dear listener, you're you're starting to, you know, whether you're vegan or not, if you're yeah. vegan, you see that it's actually not as hard as it seems and not as terrifying as it seems. And it can be actually really empowering. And then if you're not vegan as well, hopefully if you do see some people participating in, in animal activism, um, you feel comfortable enough to have a chat or to maybe not put them in a box so quickly as the media does about them being so militant or violent yeah. uh, again the, the craziest example we can come up with is like um cutting a fence or something right yeah. so yeah. um just you know let's let's stick to the message and not so much the people because that's not what it's about so look thank you for for coming on and being our first guest to break down <laughs> a topic um was there any final words you wanted to say before we wrap up or um not not hugely i think you're yeah, like reiterating what you've said that this is a movement about giving voices or like amplifying the voices of non-human animals. It's not about people's personal things. It's not about this is who you are as a person. This is not about reflect like people don't humans don't need to be centered in someone else's struggle. Yes. We need to be there to help. Yes. And so we need to remember that when there's division about what tactics we think are good and not good that well they all the tactics are going to appeal to different people. We should probably not be violent, but beyond that like it's not it's not about us it's not about people being nice to us it's about changing systems and changing belief systems yeah mm. awesome nice one good way to wrap up and um if if anyone does reach out yep um and does have some resistance in this topic and wants a bit of advice would it be okay if we send them your way and, yeah of course yeah. um no matter where you are in the world uh yeah. in your local community or if you even better yet you want to start something similar to what these guys have created here in canberra um let us know yeah. uh and then we'll, we'll get them get, get you in touch yeah yeah we've got i mean we've got resources as well that so people don't have to start from scratch so yeah. where can they get access to those resources anti-speciesist.com for the website yeah. but the Anti-Speciesist Action Collective on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if people want to email through, yeah, like we're happy or to share. Or on Facebook. Yeah, whatever. we're happy yeah. to share even 
if you wanted to start something similar, all their planning documents and all all that stuff, you know, yeah, we don't we don't planning. make money off any of this stuff. No, so we we're not. more than happy to share all of our resources. And that's great. That's well, awesome. that makes it so much easier. Like that yeah. breaks down one barrier of feeling overwhelmed and going, yeah. "Oh my god, how do I start?" So yeah. if you can give them something to start with, then yeah. that's yeah. that's and it's really worth mentioning. Useful. Like we're not a registered charity. We have no bureaucratic system. Like mm. we're just doing this. We're not. We we're losing money on this we're definitely not making money um but it you like you don't have to go through this huge process to get started find some people who believe the same thing you do work out what change you can make in your community and do it yeah yeah and do it any way you can exactly yeah. Yeah, use yeah. the skills you have it yes. could be as small or as big as it needs to be it could be yeah. one person holding a sign somewhere yeah it could be a letter i mean look at, to look at greta she goes out every Friday and she's a worldwide phenomenon. Like she has empowered students to go and march for climate change action. She's just she, like, she's one 16 year old girl. And she said, well, this is wrong and I'm going to stand up against it. Yeah. So. Wow. Nice. Awesome guys. Look, thank you again. And uh, thank guys, you. thanks. For, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure. This is a real uh, privilege. Yeah. <laughs> it's been <laughs> it's fun. It's our first podcast. So. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, special Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right guys um we'll we'll chat to you next time and um we'll leave it at that yeah thank you thank you bye oh man what a conversation i just wanted to extend a special thank you to chris and bronwyn for all of the selfless work that they do as bronwyn said they don't make any money from running their organization they do it all for the animals There's a few key points of the conversation that I wanted to highlight. Number one, I love how they set tangible systemic goals in their local community. It can be overwhelming to think about eliminating all animal exploitation around the world. We need to break it down. Their example was getting horse racing banned in Canberra. It's a big goal, but it's not completely unrealistic and it is super specific. Number two, In their experience, the people who are activists are not these ego-driven individuals looking to flex their leadership muscles and dominate. No, these are super normal people, often introverts, who want to do anything they can for the animals. In fact, some of the most active people spend most of their time doing admin work just to make sure things keep moving forward. Number three, and perhaps my favourite point, when approaching activism, use the skills you currently have. If you're a teacher, teach. If you're a designer, use those skills to design posters and flyers. I love this idea because we're most comfortable contributing in ways that we know how. So why not start there? Anyway, we mentioned a ton of resources in this conversation, which we've linked to at our show notes, theminimalistvegan.com slash 016. That's theminimalistvegan.com slash 016. Included in the show notes is a link to Chris and Bronwyn's website, and a way to reach out to them and pick their brains about how you can get started with activism in your local area. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate your time as always. Here's to living with less stuff and more compassion. Peace.